It's the Jake Morley Ask Me Anything episode. Yeah. Hello, everyone. Um, right then, what are we doing here? This is a ridiculously squeaky chair. Um, I'm a little bit nervous, I think. I'm, I like sort of sitting behind the keyboard and kind of getting a whole, like, you know, typing something out that makes some sort of sense. Um, but actually, I quite like monologuing. <laughs> when I get into the flow, I've got to get into the flow. So I'm just going to try not to overthink it and start talking and, um, and see what comes out. The, the kind of loose idea of this was to answer some questions that were posted last week. Um, I was a little bit nervous about asking, like, an ask me anything sort of thing. I don't know why. It feels a bit sort of, I don't know, a bit, a bit egotistical or something. So, hey, let's ask questions about me. I want to, I'd rather hear about you, to be honest, but that's another one for another, another week. I didn't. I asked about me. So I'm going to just rattle through some answers and see if any of it makes sense. Um, all right. Starting, I'm going to go in chronological order of post. Starting with quick off the mark was John G. What's going through your mind when you're performing live? You often look so tied up and involved in the moment that you're not aware of anything else. But in reality, you may be thinking about painting the spare room or who made the smell near the bar earlier. Ooh, John, John, John. Okay. Um, yeah, this is a great question, John. I'm, uh, I think I've learned something about myself, which is that uh, given enough kind of space, my mind just goes flying off in all kinds of random directions. And, uh, I don't know, I end up sort of thinking a lot, maybe is another way of putting it. And, uh, one of the reasons why I really love playing live is because it just totally liberates me from all of the tyranny of those thoughts. And instead of kind of, I don't know, whatever else is rattling around my brain, I'm just, I'm, it's pure focus for me. Um, I'm, I'm just, there's something about, you know, singing a song where you, one lyric comes out and it inevitably just tumbles into the next one and the next one and one note goes to the next and you just kind of carried forward in a, in a wave. And wow, I just, it's, it's just a being immersed in the present moment, really. And I, yeah, it's one of the reasons why I absolutely love playing live and playing five-a-side football. Um, they both kind of give me that state of mind. I have to say it's not it's not all it doesn't it's not quite as simple as that that's kind of the the idea and it often is what I how I feel but um it's kind of um delicate or it's um uh it can easily sort of fall apart um you're kind of in the moment and then like you say some some thought comes in oh oh what am I playing next uh what oh, I haven't played this song for a little while what's the next uh, you know, or like, uh, you know, I don't know, all kinds of things. Usually it's about the, I'm not usually thinking about painting the spare room. Um, I do sometimes think about the rest of the set, you know, oh, okay, maybe I'll, I feel like playing that one next. Oh, shut up, Molly. You're playing the song. Keep playing the song. I'm singing a song. Um, so, but it, that's, that's where always where the, it does take effort, but that is always where I'm trying to be is just in the song. And if it looks like I'm tied up or involved in the moment, it's because I am. <laughs> um, I'm trying to occupy the song. I'm trying to be present in the song and not anywhere else. And I don't know, maybe that looks a bit strange sometimes. Um, I'm not really a performer in the sort of like, where's camera two? Hi, camera two. Where's camera one? Hi, camera one. That's not really, I don't know. That's not really me. Um, so... 
yeah now I'm feeling a bit maybe I'll get all self-conscious now about what I look like but no I won't I'll just keep doing what I do um but um yeah that's the best I can think of there what's the most confusing YouTube comment you've seen on one of your videos I don't really look at YouTube comments to be honest um uh I don't think I've got enough YouTube comments to kind of bring out many of the confusing ones I think most of them are like yeah I like this song or you know um so don't know I do have I have a SoundCloud a song on SoundCloud uh Ghostess which has maybe seven or eight million hits and that has quite a lot of so many random comments a lot of people listen from like Tehran and Indonesia and Egypt and you know who knows all kinds of places and sometimes I get I, I I check out comments on that every now and again and sometimes I'm like huh but um I don't know um maybe leave me a confusing comment and then I'll have something to talk about there uh Stephen Thomas writes I feel like I'm on um Saturday morning tv or something Stephen Stephen age seven writes um given a choice which one would you most like who who would you most like to cover one of your songs Christine McVie or Stevie Nicks what a choice imagine imagine a world where that was your life where you just had the two of them going which which one's it gonna be Jake <laughs> and you had to pick um surely it would depend on the song I'm sure um I mean that's just absurd I think Christine McVie probably uh I think Christine's writing has I've enjoyed Christine's writing more um, but Stevie Nicks' voice, I don't know. They're, both of them, they're just legends. I think I might go with Christine, perhaps. But um, maybe only so that if Stevie Nicks is listening to this, then she'll be so affronted that she'll have to write to me and say, Oi! Um, okay, next up we have Keith. Uh, something, something. My question to you is... There must be many memorable moments that you have witnessed as a performer on stage. Oh, Keith, you're right. Gather round. Let me tell you a tale. Um, what is your funniest memory? Well, funniest narrows it down a bit. Um, funny is a subcategory of memorable, I would say. Funniest, funniest. Um, that was one time when I'm touring with my band. We used to do this, kind of have this thing where I would do a few solo songs in the middle of the set. And then I'd start playing Be With Me Once More. I'm a gripping book and then one by one they'd kind of come they'd been off stage and they'd come back on stage and like you know join in as the song progressed you'd probably you might have seen it before um we did this one gig where I <laughs> I did the solo songs and I was playing I started the song and I, I I I you know I saw Kev come on stage and he was dressed up in like fancy dress basically there must have been some sort of um big it's like a theatery sort of there's dressing up boxes and stuff and whilst they've been backstage they all put on ridiculous outfits and um so one by one they all came on stage wearing um i can't even remember probably the trauma wiped the actual memory from my brain but i remember it, it was quite funny and just as the song progressed it was like oh god what's what's john gonna be wearing or something you know what's next that was quite good um but feel free to ask about the other kinds of memorable um, what if anything, writes Michael Hill, did you learn from the late, great Colin Vernecombe? Colin Vernecombe, for those who don't know, um, a one absolutely a wonderful artist um, who uh, also went by the name of Black, had a, I mean, it's a, uh, had a 
kind of a, a big hit in um it's a wonderful wonderful life and even the fact that i have to that's kind of the way you present him in some ways um it seems like a shame he's got this whole enormous catalog of wonderful songs he wrote wrote and released out al- you know albums for for a very very long time 20 30 years or more, i don't know but yet still people don't know I, it's a wonderful so it's kind of because that was he had other hit kind of almost hits but that was the one that everyone knows uh which feels and maybe that answers the question what did i learn from him it's what it's like to have a hit i suppose <laughs> um it's it sort of makes it in some ways makes you more one-dimensional to other people um like oh you're that guy okay cool done yeah um which is uh, obviously uh, uh, things like that are a blessing and a curse depending on who you are and some people it's just pure blessing and some people it's pure curse um uh obviously it helped him tremendously and uh, financially and from his uh, you know in all kinds of other ways from his career um but yeah I'm, i i you know there was the you could i, I learned the other side of it which is the albatross side where it's like I think I once I once saw him play. I don't know if it was it wasn't on the tour that I supported him. So I think part of the reason why Michael's asking this is because I did a support tour with Colin. Um, I'm guessing. Um, but on a different tour, I think he played it in like the second or third song. Um, oh, shush. Um, oh, I shouldn't do that. Oh, God, this is all going wrong. Is this still recording? Okay, good. Um, <laughs> um yeah in one i saw him play once where i think he played it like the second or third song it's so wonderful and then at the end it was like there we go if for those of you who come here to hear that it's like there you go you got what you came for um if you need to leave you know <laughs> maybe even one or two people got out i can't remember but um it's his way of saying i'm i'm actually i'm a serious artist i've, I've written many great songs that i think you should listen to not just that one um um, but the tour I did with him, he did he he did it as an encore a cappella, and it was it knocked the room for six. It was amazing. So, uh, yeah. Uh, right then, next up, Lewis. What are all the guitar tunings you've used across all the songs you've written so far? Um, well, I mean, I have a few, but to be honest, I I, I do spend a lot of time in two in particular. One is standard tuning. Um, and the other is this other tuning called Dadgad, D-A-D-G-A-D. D-A-D-G-A-D. Um, a, a tuning I learned, I discovered by accident, actually. There's, maybe I'll write another a post about it one day, how I discovered that song. There was, there was a song, basically, that um, um, kind of opened up that tuning for me and changed my life in lots of amazing ways. Maybe I'll do a kind of proper post about it sometime soon. Um, but I have other tunings. There's random. I sometimes go from dad gad to dad for shad. Um, and sometimes I do other variations. Um, but those are the main ones. I don't know. Yeah. I probably am due a random guitar tuning revelation where I suddenly come like, whoa. So, so for good, good buff. That's the next one. Um, okay. Out of all the venues you've played, which has been your favourite and why? That's uh, that's Ian. Thanks, Ian. Um, that's kind of a hard one because venues. 
venues are just the setting, you know, it really, it comes down to the the people, how I'm doing on the day, how you're doing on the day, everyone's had their own day and they come together in this space and something happens um, or doesn't happen. And the venue is, yeah, is sort of the, I don't know to get too hippie-ish about it, but um, that said, obviously, I mean, I, yeah, I, <laughs> I do love big, I love big, beautiful theatres. There they are, kind of amazing. And uh, so, like Hammersmith Apollo was was quite a thing for me. And um, there is something about playing those really big venues where, when you're kind of starting out, you're thinking, you think, ah, oh, can I cut it like that? Am I just gonna? It's a test, right? You you're gonna fall apart, or maybe is your music just going to do nothing or is it going to work? It's kind of something you wonder about yourself that you can't know until you do it. And I remember feeling really satisfied after I played venues like that or like big, huge festival environments where there's like just tons of people in front of you. Um, Can I do this or am I just like, you know, um, and uh, yeah, satisfying feeling of that felt like I could. But that said, a lot of my best memories are from small, little small venues, um, just little cauldrons somewhere where... Um, um, yeah, good sound. I love good sound. Obviously it helps a lot kind of, um, maybe that's not as specific as you would like, but that's what I've got for you. Um, in fact, yeah, Shepherd's Bridge Empire. I remember playing that. It's like on the, on the bucket list as you know, everyone wants to, ah, cool. Wouldn't it be great to do a show there? I did a, a set there once and I just, I wasn't happy with it. It didn't quite, I wasn't quite doing what I wanted to do and I left feeling kind of disappointed and that goes to show really it's you know the venue only does so much really it's down to to the moment and what you what you whether you know how you feel doesn't um the venue can't make you a great performer can only just be like yeah there's a stage go do your thing um next up oh I'm going to save that one till the end there's a song about a tutorial for the floods I thought I'd chuck that one to the end and then play it so there's that. If you could learn to play any other instrument, what would it be? I have hit kind of a wall with learning instruments. I learned loads of them when I was a kid. I learned drums and guitars and bass and piano and, you know, the, the flugelhorn. Um, I didn't learn the flugelhorn. <laughs> Maybe the flugelhorn. I don't even know what that is. Um, I can probably picture it. Um, I did try and learn the saxophone when I was a grown up. I was like, I'm going to learn a new instrument. And then I realized that it's really hard. <laughs> Learn instruments when you're young is a great idea. Um, uh, I don't know if I'll learn any more instruments. I hope I do, but I'm sort of trying to pick and choose what I'm doing with my life. Um, <laughs> Ian, again. Ian, you're prolific, mate. Smashing out these comments. How do you feel when you see someone covering one of your songs? Is it a bit weird seeing someone else sing the words which were once in your head? That's a good question. No, not weird at all to me at all, actually. Um, whenever someone's covered one of my songs, I'm just like, whoa, that's awesome. Just pure joy, actually. Pure, pure joy that there's something I made and just seeing it outside of me in a totally different context uh, is, um, is nothing but, but pleasure. Even when they do a rubbish job or something or they get it wrong, it's just like, cool, you must have found a connection there to even, you know, give it a try. So um, in fact, I might do a little bit of a covers a covers post as well. I'm just, this is good. I'm coming up with all kinds of ideas for what to send you next. Um, all right. Is there a question in this one? Andy, Andy says he discovered my music when I was playing at the Why Not Festival in Derbyshire in 2011. Yikes. seems like you're not 
playing, not played that many UK festivals since. Uh, is that correct? And if so, are there any reasons for that? Oof, yeah, let's talk about festivals. This is, um, this is real talk. <laughs> Hard hitting um, content coming up. Um, indie, indie musician life. Um, I'm, I used to have quite a team behind me you know managers agents promoters all kinds of people working together for me and over the years it's kind of it kind of the team grew a bit smaller and it just became a bit there was just always too much work for us and always you know a limited amount of time we could we could put into to all the many many things that needed doing we often just didn't apply to festivals to be honest which was it's a shame man I, I kind of I, I do wish I'd done a bunch more festivals than I have done but you can't really play if you don't apply. And yeah, we, we, we did do a bunch of that, but we didn't do as much of it as I wish we'd done. Um, and I guess the other half is like, you know, there's, there are so many artists, so many great artists out there, but the future's the future. Let's see what happens. Maybe, um, I don't know. I wish I could just kind of find a good way of growing my team to actually help me with things like that. So, you know, something to think about. Um, and I realize I missed one out of these, which was, which, what's one of your musical guilty pleasures? Some people might be surprised about, well, I'm going to refer you back to an email or two ago where I don't know if you even read these, but in the header, I, I stick in these little something new every week about, um, you know, um, things I like. And then I also like the fact that there's an unsubscribe button quite prominently displayed. Um, and on a recent one, I think I linked to like a 10, 15 minute video of examining the key change in Mariah Carey's, oh no, Celine Dion's um, All By Myself. All by myself anymore. This is a fucking epic key change. And it is, so yeah, <laughs> there's your answer, mate. I don't know if that's, um, if I should be guilty about it and how pleasurable it is, but I enjoyed it. I'm, I'm in for that. Uh, every now and again so there we go all right and then um, I've saved this one to last this is um, Alex who writes any chance of a tutorial for the floods even just a simplified version I'm guessing you mean a guitar tutorial um, and not just sort of me uh, like a, a, a lectern just <laughs> that's more of a lecture isn't it but anyway um, I'd really love to get into more of these to be honest um, guitar tutorials so I did a few on my YouTube channel and they sort of petered out a bit but if it's something anyone would be into, this is the place or this is the forum or this is kind of the system that I really want to to um, invite ideas like that. So uh, if you do want more guitar tutorials, stick it in the comments and then I'll know and then I'll do them. Um, or if you want something else that is on your mind, then send that as well. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll be able to um, put something together. Um, so this isn't going to be a tutorial as such because I'm not sure everyone else would need that right now after a long sound of me just jabbering away um, but I will just play it and then maybe you can pick up a couple of things this is not like a definitive version by any stretch because the floods is, is such a team effort song like the first album was very much like I'd write songs on a guitar and they'd be like hey everyone else join in and the second album was more like it was well I was like ah okay how can I piece everything together like a puzzle and just kind of you know um, you know, people are coming in and out and it's all arranged. And so the floods was written in with that in mind, rather than just like me playing a, a song, playing it on guitar. So the guitar solo version is not actually 
in some ways easy to play or an easy way to get the best out of the song, which is partly why I don't play it live all that much. But I'm going to give it a go. I'm going to ha- it's going to be a- I'll make a bit of a hash of it because I haven't done it for a while. Um, but hey, it's as good a way to end as any. And then maybe I'll break it down into a more of a tutorial another week or another way. Of- we can find a way of doing that. Um, yeah, I'm-, I'm up for it. Okay, let's give this a go. The floods. Thanks for listening, everyone. I've not really done this before. It's been fun. Um, if yeah, we'll see. Maybe we'll do some more. Um, and yeah, just a general thanks for just kind of hanging out uh, on these email lists. It's been um, a, just a massive source of pleasure. All right, stop faffing and delaying, Morley. Play the song. Let's give this a go. Okay. Interpret the weather, it's tearing me up But each sunrise I'm just a primitive man Bewildered by grace It's the most magical wonder of nature I've ever seen Time to discover the cause of the flowers The flowers The flowers But each sunrise I'm just a primitive man Bewildered by grace
I'm just a primitive mind bewildered by grace It's the most magical wonder of nature I've ever seen